Good morning. Welcome to Bethany Lutheran here in Warren, Oregon. Today I'm preaching on Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't just sit there. Get busy. Do this. Do that. Do something. Produce. Achieve. Be all you can be. Doing is built into the fabric of our culture and our religion. You know, that Protestant work ethic. It's part of being an American. Always on the move. Always doing something. Strike up a conversation with your seatmate on an airplane. We may not even exchange names, but we will ask, where are you from and what do you do? What we do is who we are. Even our vacations are packed with activities, places to go, things to see, adventures to do, daily itineraries. If we cannot list our accomplishments, we fear that people will see us as failures. So maybe it's no surprise that Americans have a common lament of being too busy and of being tired. We are sick and tired. We are tired of being tired. In today's gospel reading, we see Peter needs to do something. Jesus took Peter, James, and John on a private retreat on a mountain. And while they were up there, Jesus changed before their very eyes. His divine glory shines through his human form and Jesus becomes dazzling white. And then Moses and Elijah appear with him, and they strike up a conversation. Poor Peter is beside himself. This is incredible. He has to do something. So he offers to build shelters for Jesus and his heavenly guests. However, hear verse 5. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed him. And from the cloud, a voice said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. 
God comes in a bright cloud and God interrupts Peter. Peter, shut up and listen to my son. Quit talking and doing and simply pay attention. Listen. In our faith walk, the first thing we need to do is nothing. Just stop and listen. Listen to Jesus. Because when all else fades, when all else is gone, Jesus remains. We see in our gospel text and at the end of the book of Matthew, on another mountain, Jesus promised his disciples that he will be with them always to the very end of the age. Listen to him. The word for listen here is the present imperative form implying continual action. Keep on listening to him. Continue to listen to him. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. It's clear that listening is a central quality of discipleship. When we read the Bible and commit verses to memory, we absorb the word into our very being. Then it is able to inspire and encourage us. The more we listen to the word of God, the more we read the word of God, the more we see the glory of God shine through. Unfortunately, the church can be too busy with capital campaigns, mission strategies, and five-year plans to listen to the voice of God. We can become so fixated on what we offer God that we do not obey God. In Luther's explanation to Holy Communion, he reminds us that the benefits of this sacrament are pointed out by the words given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. It is the words of Jesus that give plain bread and wine the power to take away the sin of the receiver. Now, by now, some of you are thinking, but pastor, you've told us so many times we have to act on our faith, that we need to do something in service to others. And that is true. Jesus does call us to action on his behalf. Discipleship is about doing, but that comes as our response to our identity as people of God, not as the condition for our identity. Verses 6 and 7. When the disciples heard the voice of God, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. God the Father did not send his Son into the world to overwhelm us with his majesty. Jesus did not use his power and might to force the world to worship him. Jesus came quietly in a body of flesh. He lived among his flock and he touched them. In Matthew chapter 8, a man with leprosy comes to Jesus to request healing. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man and healed him. Can we imagine what it meant to that leper 
and untouchable that Jesus touched him. Shortly after that, Jesus goes to Peter's house where his mother-in-law lay sick in bed. We're told Jesus went to her and touched her and healed her. In chapter 9, Jesus goes to the house of Jairus, whose daughter had recently died, and Jesus took her hand and touched her and restored her to life. In chapter 14, we read the account of Jesus walking on water, and Peter got out of the boat and started to walk on the water toward Jesus, and then he panicked and started to sink. But Jesus reached out his hand to Peter and caught him, and Peter lost his fear. In chapter 19, Jesus placed hands on the little children who were brought to see him. In chapter 20, two blind men shout out to Jesus for healing as he approached them. We read that Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately they received their sight. And there are many more examples of Jesus' compassion and touch. In today's text, we read that Jesus touched his disciples to relieve their fears. By touching them, Jesus brings them back into a relationship with him, a place where they and we need not fear. Jesus did not come to overwhelm us with his majesty and might. Rather, he came to touch us, to demonstrate God's love for us, to have a personal relationship with us. The media is drawn to megachurches with their professional bands and light displays and smoke machines. And these churches are packed by folks drawn by the entertainment factor. In some, the gospel is preached. In some, not so much. But these huge churches also have small group ministries of every flavor because everyone needs to experience personal touch. Everyone needs to meet Jesus in an intimate way. We need to hear the words of Jesus. And that's where we start here at Bethany. I strive to introduce you to the Jesus who wants a personal relationship with you. We read and speak his words to each other. We lead each other to Jesus through prayer. And in times of distress, we remind each other of Jesus' love and presence. That is how we respond to the rest of verse 7, where Jesus told Peter, James, and John to get up and do not be afraid. Do not stall and waste time feeling nervous or insecure or unprepared. Get up and do not be afraid to support each other with the words you hear from Jesus. Offer a hand and a word of forgiveness, of comfort, of the peace that you have heard Jesus speak into your heart. Today is Transfiguration Sunday, where we remember the day that Jesus was transformed. Yet, was he? 
Jesus was always one with God. There was never a time when he was not divine. The incident in today's reading was a time when the disciples were given a peek at what it means to be fully in the presence of Almighty God. And they were changed forever because of that. They were transformed. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable, for this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. Perhaps the encounter with the divinity of Jesus was as much about the transformation of the disciples as it was about the transfiguration of Jesus. And now we are told to listen to Jesus. Then get up and do not be afraid when you see the glory that surrounds us whenever we hear and repeat the word of life that is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please pray with me. Most gracious God, we give you thanks for all of the doings in our lives, the opportunities for meaningful work and vocation and relationships. Yet, Lord, we know that in those relationships, we must be grounded in an identity that comes only from you. Remind us of our baptismal calling as your precious children, loved, forgiven, and held. And from that identity, send us out to do your work. Help us to recommit ourselves to that identity so that our work for you might become meaningful. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen.